The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This episode of Wrestling Night in Canada is dedicated to the memory of Road Warrior Animal. You're listening to Wrestling Night in Canada on the Shining Wizards Network with your hosts, Matt Copper, Dustin Maruka, and Snowy White. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Dustin Maruka. Hey, guys, what's going on? No, not much, man. It's uh, the weather's starting to take a shift here in uh, in the old peg right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think summer is just about on its way down. Yeah, it's well, it's October first. We're entering the spooky season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> spooky, which, <laughs> which kind of reminds me. Before we kind of get on with the grunt here, we do have a little little bit of house cleaning here. First of all, I'm glad to see. And I'm hoping that everyone listening to this is all healthy and happy and safe from the Carino, you know, that's that's out there wreaking havoc. I know up here in Manitoba, like for the longest time, like we had the best record going, like in terms of cases and all that. But it seems like the last week or so, it's really taken a turn for the worst. And now we have these new regulations and mandates about masks in public and no gathering of more than 10 people and... It's just it's it's kind of scary here right now, but hopefully you know within the next couple of weeks, you know we can kind of turn everything around and um, we'll do our part to keep everyone at least um, happy and healthy in the entertainment department. What you're going to want to do is go on to the Shining Wizards Network, check out you know the main program, the main guys behind. The Shining Wizards Network, which of course is the Shining Wizards program. And just a couple days ago, as we speak, they celebrated their 500th episode. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So excited for them. Congratulations, guys. It was a fantastic episode as well. And like I discovered, I discovered this network that we're on back in 2013 through another um through a music related program on the network called neckbreaker and they had an interview with a metal band that i was interested in i saw posted on a news website so i went i checked this neckbreaker podcast out they're on the shining wizards network holy shit look at all of these great shows and I was hooked on all of them, you know, ever since 2013. And of course, Wrestle Night in Canada, proud members of the Shining Wizards Network, as is our brother episode, Radioactive Metal, that I do every week, you know, one on the network as well. So um, to the boys of the Shining Wizards, um, congratulations. That's absolutely fantastic. And when they first announced, you know, this is our 500th episode, it's like, Oh, yes, to be 500 again. 
<laughs> you know, because because radioactive metal is, you know, we're on the other, we're at like six twenty five now, six 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 twenty six, and all that. Wow. Getting up to that six hundred and sixty six. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of anniversaries, um, coming up in a couple weeks. Although, because I don't know the exact day, but generally around mid October is radioactive metals uh anniversary our birthday and it's going to be 14 years 14 years wow for 14 years we've been doing this yeah yeah so here's to here's to another 14 years with radioactive metal and the first 14 years with uh with wrestle night in canada guys i'm really <laughs> i'm really <laughs> looking Forward to it. Another thing before we get I on. I was 14. Oh. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so, eh? <laughs> I've been up for two days. That math took way too long. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was 20 years old when that, when that first started. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Well, at least, at least um, you're old enough to get into the bars, and I'm sure some of the shows I was covering back then, we were obviously in the same room. Bastards. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's right. I think, uh, I think you and I, yeah, if I remember correctly, Snowy, you and I met in 2013 when we went to Noctis that year when Carcass was playing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We actually yeah, met. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure we've, b before then it was probably hey, hey. Yeah. You know, well, that's, 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 like, the first <laughs> time you and I ever had like a one on one convo was that's was in Calgary at uh, Noctis Metal Fest when you were you were there as part of the War on Music crew, I believe. Right, right, yeah. yeah. And I was I was doing interviews with Radioactive Metal and all that. And nice. I I don't know how I don't know I don't think any of us from Winnipeg got arrested at that festival, and I don't I, I don't know how we pulled it off. Holy jeez, we we probably should have probably should have. No, we just behaved. Yeah. <laughs> Did, didn't try to harass the members of Carcass too much. No, no, not too much. Not too much. No, yeah. no. Um, with the month of October too, I'm just want to throw a quick little challenge out to our listeners. Every October, and I've been doing this for about ten years now, the October Horror Movie Challenge, where you watch 31 horror movies throughout the month of October leading up to Halloween. And this being October 1st, I'm already one. And, and I'm going, uh, I'm going to try. Well, I'm, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I, this is, this has been a long, long tradition of mine now. And you might think, well, I like horror movies. I can do that. No problem. It's finding the time. Yeah, for sure. You know? Because if, if you have a life, a job, if you're busy, if you like other if you like to do other things, like I do this show, I do radioactive metal and all that, and I'm married and have a life and you know, like sometimes it can prove, you know, to be difficult find finding the time. So I'm just gonna throw it out there to all of our listeners. Snowy is throwing down the gauntlet. The yep. horror, the horror movie challenge. Thirty-one films leading yeah, up know, to Halloween. I know ninety minutes to uh, two hours doesn't sound like that much on paper. <laughs> I try to do it every day consecutively mm -hmm. on top of all the other 
that you may have going on in your life. Yeah. yeah. I've never attempted it. I might try. Yeah. Well, you're a day today. Today, before midnight, we'll watch a movie. I got I got to get up early before or for work. <laughs> well, I, I I get off work at one o'clock tomorrow afternoon because I I start at five. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, you you so got watch, so, so watch two movies tomorrow. There you go. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch two movies to make up for it. <laughs> I'll, right. I'll watch I'll watch another The Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. There we go. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. recommend two better films. Yeah, yeah, and I can't recommend anything more than what we are about to discuss. What do we got going on tonight, guys? Oh, we got plenty going on in the world of pro wrestling. And even, like, something not really pro, res- pro wrestling. It's, well, it's like Raw Underground, but good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about that a little bit later. And uh, and as always, we got the Turnbuckle Talks uh, at uh, Capitol off the end of the show where we're going to discuss the the legendary tag team the legion of doom or the road warriors so i'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to getting into that but before we get into that we got lots to talk about and uh first thing i want to talk about is the uh for those who tuned tuned into our uh, SummerSlam and payback recap you'll know that roman reigns is back and he's now a heel and uh leading up to uh the most recent uh, pay-per-view that WWE had, which was Clash of Champions, which is an old, old WCW pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Clash of the Champions, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, leading up to that, he was taking on his uh, cousin, uh, Jey Uso. And before that, it was like, he never really went full heel. Like, he cut, you know, you could see there was a character change, definitely. And he aligned himself with Paul Heyman. And... But up until this, he's like, yeah, he never truly went full heel up until right now. And if I can, I, I don't speak for everybody, but I got to say, this is the Roman Reigns that we have needed and that we have wanted for probably going on. What do you, what would you say, Ducky? Like five years now? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like this is, this is the, the, the type of persona that Roman Reigns was made to play. Like I knew mm-hmm. he was, I like, None of us saw Roman coming back when he did. We were just like, okay, maybe, oh, no one saw it coming or whatever. It's like, oh, Otis Cash is in the fuck. Okay, that'd be interesting. And then Roman came back. It's like, okay, cool. Oh, he's shit kicking them. Oh, no, maybe heal Roman? Heal Roman? Okay. And he aligned with Paul. It's like, sweet. And Mm -hmm. then when they put the title on him a week later, that, I won't lie, that pissed me the fuck off. I was so mad. (laughs) <laughs> oh, my phone went across the room. I, I'm like, God damn it! No, he's back for a week. Holy shit! He was only back for a week, and they put the title on him already. Yeah, yeah, because right. well, yeah. uh, SummerSlam and Payback were only a week apart. He he returned at SummerSlam when the Fiend won, and then then he beat he beat uh, Braun Strowman and the Fiend a week later. Yeah, then the the Fiend didn't even take the pinfall. <laughs> no. Okay, Matt, you're you're right. This this is the Roman Reigns that the fans have been wanting because like they, like the reason why like they wanted to make Roman Reigns like the next John Cena, like the bet the next huge name, and it just wasn't going to happen. Number one, the fan base just isn't here anymore in wrestling across the board. 
And num- number two, no one was buying it because they we could tell, okay, this is being shoved down our throat. These stars have to be created organically. Exactly. And they, they just weren't. And people wanted, you know, people wanted to see a Roman Reigns that you could boo. Mm-hmm. And and this this is it. I think tur- I think turning him is the best thing they could do with him, and putting putting Heyman on him is the best thing too. Because like I think Reigns gets a lot there. He's like the Nickelback of pro wrestling. Okay, <laughs> they get like like Reigns gets a lot of shit and abuse that he doesn't necessarily deserve he's really not that bad but one of his like he definitely needs a mouthpiece though yeah like and, brock he can't talk to save his life right right so so and patent pending on that roman reigns is the nickelback thing that's a hundred percent snowy right there <laughs> on that on that so no this this is a good thing this is a good thing yes might might make roman interesting yeah, well, it already has. Like uh, the ending of Clash of Champions, I thought was pretty uh, was pretty pretty solid. That he he is now a full fledged heel. They they really they really sold it. Like lead, the the week leading up to it, uh, there was like I think it was Jay, Jay Uso and Roman were in a tag team match against uh, uh, who was <laughs> was it uh, Baron Corbin and Sheamus, I think. Well, regardless of who it was, uh, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, all, all I remember from that is that Jey Uso had used the Universal Championship to uh, hit hit someone with it, and he when he like when they won the match, he like teased raising the championship up, and then just threw it back at Roman, and then they were like palling around, joking around, like they were like they were when they were kids, and then they like embraced each other, and then they were laughing. Jey Uso goes to leave the ring, and then Roman Reigns' smile just turns into this scowl, and then he just stares him down because <laughs> they were face because they were they were set to face each other at Clash of Champions, and yeah, so like Roman's like now not seeing Jey Uso as a family member, he's more so seeing him as a threat to his uh, his spot at the head of the table uh-huh. as, the, as, the, as the tribal chief of the Anawaii family. <laughs> or the, are, 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 are they using the that? Table. That's the Rock's job. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> are of they? Course. Is that a hundred percent, Matt? Or are they using that in the promos, being the head of the table and all oh, that? That was a big thing. Like he's calling himself the tribal chief and the the head of the table. Oh, okay, I might have to start yeah. tuning. He, he's on Raw, right? No, they're on. Oh, okay. Might have. To. Yeah, SmackDown's have to. a far better show than Raw these days. <laughs> okay, I might have to start tuning into SmackDown then. Yeah. Yeah. So, but with that, uh, I think we should uh, do a little recap of Clash of Champions. How about, oh, okay. Yeah. So, I'm going to be honest. The first match of the night, I didn't think there was any way they were going to top it. And for the most yeah. part, they <laughs> it was triple threat ladder match to determine the undisputed uh, Intercontinental Champion. Between, <laughs> wow! Yeah, it, that's the first match. Yeah, and okay. yeah, and like, leading leading up to this, uh, Sami Zayn had returned. Keeping in mind, Sami Zayn had never actually technically lost the Intercontinental Championship. He was just stripped of it because he's he had been gone. Uh, he was he was uh, like stuck in Canada 
for six months. Right. Or, or he just didn't, or he just wasn't there because of the pandemic. So he, he's been doing this whole gimmick where he's like been, he, he still has his intercontinental championship belt. And he's been going around just telling people, he's like, no, I'm the intercontinental champion. Why are you saying he's the intercontinental champion when I'm the intercontinental champion? And, but yeah, so like, it was like kind of an add on to the feud, ongoing feud between Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles. And then, yeah, uh, they announced the ladder match between these three for the intercontinental title. Both intercontinental title belts were suspended above the ring. a la the WrestleMania 10 match between. I was just about to say, this sounds familiar. In HBK <laughs> and, uh, and uh, Razor Ramon. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, my God, this match. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I don't know why they opened the show with this match. They should have. No, they shouldn't have. But That one should have went on right before Roman and Jesus. Yeah, it should have. Because like, for the most part, Clash was a pretty good show. But like in between... The opening match and the main event, most of it was just like an episode of Raw. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But the, some of the spots in this match, like, there was uh, there was one spot where Jeff Hardy was on top of one of the ladders, and Sami Zayn was, like, tipping it forward, and Jeff Hardy was, like, trying to climb over the top of it to the other side, and <laughs> it, was, it was probably one of the scariest-looking spots I've ever heard. One of the sketchiest looking spots I've ever seen in my entire life. But it then, could have ended really badly. Yeah, it could have. But uh, yeah, it ended up like the ladder tipped out of the ring and along with Jeff Hardy. And it looked like he got sandwiched like in the middle of the thing from from one of the angles. I, don't, I couldn't really tell. It looked like his right arm got stuck. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, he was down for he was down for a good solid while. And there was a uh, there was another part where uh, AJ Styles took one of those like little mini ladders and he launched it at Sami Zayn while he was on top, about to grab yeah. one of the belts, like like a javelin. Yeah, <laughs> and there's <laughs> there's no way that that couldn't have hurt a little bit because like no, because it hit him that, in the hand. Yeah, well, it looked like it kind of hit him in the like it almost hit him in the head. Yeah, from the angle that they showed it at, but yeah, that wasn't even <laughs> picked it up and was like no. <laughs> yeah. Like you know when you piss yeah. off a kid that have a toy in their hand and it comes at you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much that. <laughs> it was that. And uh yeah, and of course, what would a ladder match be without a typical Jeff Hardy spot coming off the very top of the ladder with a swanton bomb? Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they did that. <laughs> they did that and oh like I don't know, like the sound that it made was just like it had more of a crack to it than mo- than any of any other of those spots that I had seen because like I think it was it was Sami Zayn was laid across another ladder that was suspended between the ring apron and the announce table, and then Jeff Hardy yeah climbs to the very top of the ladder up to that spot where it says this is not a step, <laughs> and <laughs> and yeah Swanton's off the thing right through Sami Zayn, and yeah I don't know how the hell. Same or uh, Jeff Hardy's still pulling that shit off in, in his mid forties. <laughs> but yeah, wow, yeah, that's scary. Mm-hmm. But like the episode or the the episode the uh, the match took a really odd turn when Sami Zayn went and got a pair of handcuffs or two pairs of handcuffs out of his jacket that he had worn ringside. He takes one of the handcuffs, puts it through Jeff Hardy's earlobe. 
and then and then attaches the other side to a ladder. So so Jeff Hardy's got a ladder attached to his head. <laughs> okay, I've never known that before. That that is a new. That is something new. Yeah, like it. It, it was taking uh, Randy Orton's screwdriver thing from Hell in a Cell two years ago and like upping it another level. But uh, yeah, then he took the other pair of handcuffs into the ring where AJ Styles was, and then they he tried to handcuff AJ to the to the ring ropes or or something, and then. Uh, AJ obviously was trying to fight back and then he like suplexed Sami Zayn, but then in doing this, Sami Zayn had handcuffed himself to AJ Styles. <laughs> so <laughs> these two were handcuffed together and like Sami Zayn's just laughing at him. Like if you can't, if, or if I can't win it, nobody can <laughs> that, that type of way. So, uh, so yeah, AJ Styles ends up like beating the shit out of Sami Zayn and then tries to climb the ladder. Obviously can't because Sami Zayn is just dead weight at this point. So AJ puts Sami Zayn on his shoulders and starts climbing the ladder with Sammy on his shoulders. While he's doing this, Sammy spits the key to the handcuffs out of his mouth and unlocks his the, the one that's attached to his wrist, gets off AJ's shoulders, and then attaches or handcuffs the other side that of the handcuffs to the uh to the brace on the ladder where the, that attaches the two sides and a pulley. So AJ can't get up the ladder. <laughs> so at that point, Sammy Zayn then climbed the ladder and got both titles. So now he's, he's the undisputed intercontinental champion. So this whole gig, this, this, this whole gag was reliant on him, not swallowing the key. Well, I guess, but <laughs> you know, like, like maybe, what would happen? Like, Maybe maybe he had it in his pocket for the most part, and then put it in his mouth when he was getting picked up. Okay. Yeah. Oh, when you all all you saw was like when he was on his shoulders, they just showed saw him like take the the key out of his mouth. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I guess I gotta suspend my disbelief. It is pro wrestling. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, I kind of wish I had seen that now. No, it it was a great match. It was a really great match. Yeah, and uh, like I said, it was, didn't really uh, like most of the most of the show. I didn't think really lived up to that, like in terms of like mm-hmm. match quality. It just, like I said, it was more like an episode of Raw <laughs> for the. You didn't. You don't want to jump the shark in your first match. Like, come on, holy shit! Yeah, like well, they definitely did. Yeah, like that that match lasted about a good solid half hour, I'd say. And uh, yeah, so af- after that, there was Oscar versus Zelina Vega. Oscar won. It was a pretty short match. I don't even think it went ten minutes. But then we got the same exact same match the next night on Raw. So it's yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was for the Raw Women's Championship. Oscar was defending. Zelina Vega, the challenger. Oscar won with the Oscar lock. And then, yeah. Zelina Vega attacked her after the match while, like, trying to coax her into, like, or, like, tricking her into thinking that she was showing her respect and then and then kicked her in the head. <laughs> Zelina kicked yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> and then that was, yeah, pretty much the end of that. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, we had the United States Championship match. Bobby Lashley defending against Apollo Crews. 
again, pretty short match. Didn't go, didn't go even 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't watch. I, the only matches I mainly watched was the ladder match and then the two main events. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I think this would be grabbing a beer match for me. Yeah. Bobby Lashley versus Apollo. It was, it was decent, I guess, but not a pay-per-view worthy match, I would say. But yeah. Again, like Bobby Lashley ended up winning by submission with the full Nelson or whatever he's calling it, the Hurt Lock, I think now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Or the, they, they call it in different moves every week, it seems. Like the <laughs> lack of lock. But anyway, yeah. All right. That's how that one ended. And then we had Street Profits defending the Raw Tag Titles against uh, Andrade and Angel Garza. Now, this match had... A weird finish because at one point Angel Garza had injured himself. I'm still not clear on what that injury is, but he made a sudden tag to Andrade. Andrade got in, and then it was uh, Angelo Dawkins uh, made the pin on Andrade, and the referee counted three, but on, even Andrade kicked out, but he still rang the bell. And like everyone looked very confused, but you can see there were EMTs checking on. Uh, Angel Garza on the outside of the ring after the match. So unfortunately, he may be out for a little while. I still haven't heard the details of his injury or how serious it is. So, which is unfortunate because he was like a pretty good up and comer that I was really, mm-hmm. yeah, I was into his character and he was being praised as the next Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> wow, that is high praise. Yeah, it is. But, uh, well, that being said, I do wish Angel Garza a speedy recovery and hope to see him back on TV soon. And I mm-hmm. hope he hope he doesn't lose his spot on the on the on the roster because I'm not sure I'm not sure if uh, Andrade and Angel were supposed to win that match, but I think they should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but <coughs> uh, anyway, up next there was Bailey was supposed to defend the SmackDown women's title against Nikki Cross, but, well, Nikki Cross couldn't be there for reasons, is okay. what, what WWE basically said. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, they, they they announced during the pre-show that, uh, that uh, Nikki Cross, uh, Shayna Baszler, and Nia Jax were not medically cleared to compete, but we're all, all know what why they actually can't compete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they the, they came in contact with the Carino. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Why why don't they just say it? Because they pretend that it's not a pan. Like there's not a pandemic going on. Like I guess they want to take people. They 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 want to like they they want to act like it's not going on. So so they can take people's minds off of it at home. I suppose. But AEW or AEW are mentioning it mm-hmm. on team. They're, they they understand this is a real life thing, but I don't know. It's just it, it seems like stupid when they're just like, yeah. So they're not medically cleared to compete anyway, and then they just go on to the next. <laughs> wait, wait, what? No, I want to know. <laughs> yeah, like it 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 gets sympathy on the characters as well. Like it just, especially if they're if any of these are are baby faces, because you're like, oh no, like my favorite is is down and is sick. I hope everything's going to be all right, and that draws sympathy, which that's kind of what you're looking for in your in your in your wrestlers. 
Exactly. That's part of the whole. That's part of the whole package. Okay. So, so yeah, they're they're not medically cleared. Okay. Oh, just like the retribution or whatever the group is called now. I don't even know anymore because it's so dumb. Um, oh. <laughs> not. Is it like, the whole oh, group? They're not going to be on Raw this week because of reasons. It's like, oh, so they all caught it too? Like, well, they all tested negative, but they're still. They're still, uh, yeah, they're, they're still quarantining for, like, two weeks. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. With, spoiler to people who don't know this, with me, I am living with Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Hey, how, does, how does that work, then? Well, uh, I guess if she was negative, then that's fine. Yeah, Keith Lee was still on Raw this week, yeah. so. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of a little lost here. Why would did would did Keith Lee have a positive test or something or no? No, no it's he that it, me and him live and Keith Lee are dating in real life. Yeah, and they're living together. But if one of them caught it, then the other one is screwed. Oh yeah, you have to quarantine. Like yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and so being that Mia Yim is a member of Retribution. That's yeah. Oh, okay. See, that's what I was going for. It's like, okay, there's got to be a connection here, and this is my fault for not keeping up with this. I really should. Well, that's sorry, a good sorry, thing sorry. because their names are stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll t- we'll touch on that a bit later. Okay. Any uh, anyway, because uh, because Nikki Cross couldn't be there to challenge for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey came out and issued an open challenge, and it was answered by Oscar. <laughs> so. So those two had, had a bit of a back and forth, but then it ended in a DQ when Bailey attacked Oscar with a chair. But then after that, Sasha Banks came out and attacked Bailey with a chair. Holy shit. Yeah. And she like with a neck brace on and everything. Cause yeah, like getting getting revenge on Bailey for, for turning for turning on Sasha Banks a few weeks back. Oh, okay. So yeah, so yeah, Sasha Banks is back as a as a baby face. I don't know if she's going to be wrestling anytime soon because, like I said, she's still in the neck brace. But yeah, she came out and and, and laid waste to uh, laid waste to uh, Bailey, and I think even chucked the chair at her at one point and chased her off. So that'll mm. they'll be building to that, or well, I guess we'll be what we'll have to see what happens on SmackDown this week. If but, there's anyone that can just can't be a baby face. It's Sasha Banks. Like, she just has that look. Like, yeah. she's just got that bitch face. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, no, no no, matter what you do, no matter how much she smiles, no, no matter what you do, like, she just looks like a heel. She's that yeah. girl in high school I mentioned three yeah. or four ep- ep- episodes ago. And you, we all know who, the, who who that girl was and all that. And it's just, wow. Okay. Okay. So... Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, yeah, that, yeah. So they they basically set up, yeah, or like continued the feud between Sasha Banks and Bailey, which oh, okay. I don't know, I don't know when that's gonna come to a head. They're saying WrestleMania, but I don't really trust the WWE creative to extend <laughs> a storyline that far. They're also from- saying it'll come to an end at Hell in a Cell next month. I guess this month now. Yeah, later this month. Well, who knows? I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, way too soon. Way too soon. 
But uh, yeah, after that was the ambulance match for the WWE Championship between that Drew McIntyre and Randy. <laughs> yeah, so the whole the whole match was basically centered around Randy getting his comeuppance from all the legends that he had punted over the past few weeks and months on Raw. <laughs> oh, okay. It was like one by one by one during the match, which I don't think they, in my opinion, they shouldn't have been interfering in the match itself because I, I thought that kind of made Drew McIntyre look like a weak champion, like a weak mm-hmm. baby face. Cause like at first, like first, first couple of minutes of the match, big show comes out, choke slams, Randy Orton through the announce table. And then it's, then they start fighting by the ambulance and then they eventually it goes like to this little space in the back. And then Christian comes out and then Christian starts attacking Randy Orton. <laughs> and then, yeah, then they fought for a little while longer. Randy, Randy end, ends up getting up hand again, slams Drew McIntyre into the windshield of the car or the ambulance, I should say, which mm-hmm. looks fucking painful. <laughs> you know, Rand, or Drew was kind of bleeding out of his back. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then they got onto the top of the ambulance. Drew, or, uh, Randy ended up getting Drew. Off, like I think he ended up... Did he throw him off or did he push him off? I can't remember. Uh, when Sean came? No, no. When, no, when Randy... Did Randy push Drew off the ambulance? Like the back of the ambulance? I know Because I know after that, Randy was standing on top of the ambulance for a while. Oh, then, right. Uh, yeah, I believe that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, Randy was standing on top of the ambulance for a little while, and then HBK showed up and sweet chin musicked him <laughs> on top, and then and just kind of like gave him that old like that touch push that you see in cartoons. <laughs> just yeah, you know, okay. And then the best off. meme ever created from that was him pushing him, and then the caption was Kobe. Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, and then even even after all this, it looked like uh, Randy was like. Came, like literally came in inches from winning the match. He like went to go. Cl- he got Drew into the ambulance. Went to go close the door, but Drew got his hand out and stuck it out. And then they he fought back and hit him with the claymore, threw him in the back, and then got <laughs> at the very end or at the very end, just like for good measure, hit him with a punt kick, and then then threw him in the back of the ambulance, and then closed the doors, and then. He slaps the back of the ambulance. The ambulance is about to drive away, and then they go to the driver's seat of the ambulance, and Ric Flair's sitting in the driver's seat of the ambulance. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. But I was I was kind of look I was kind of thinking Edge was going to come come around, but he's still recovering from his torn torn uh, tricep injury right. from the wrestling torn match. Torn tricep ever. on a reshoot. On a reshoot. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Okay, so Shawn Michaels shows up, does his super kick, mm-hmm. and and that doesn't end the match. Well, no, because the both both uh, Drew and Randy were still down on the floor from falling off the ambulance. Haven't you heard of super kick parties, Snowy? Come on. Yeah. No, I'm just big... saying. Like I remember the sweet chin <laughs> music and Chris Adams super kick and all that. Like these were finishing maneuvers. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I just. Okay. I don't want to go all cornet here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, bottom line, yeah. Drew retains, still WWE champion, but I thought he looked weak in victory because he had three other guys help or 
yeah, three other guys helping him out, and then Ric Flair driving driving the thing away or driving the ambulance away. Yeah, yeah. like that's what I was thinking. It's like this is heel shit. This is yeah. this is four horsemen stuff. Like this is yeah, it's not supposed to you like to keep your babyface champion strong. This does him no favors. No, like and I was like I was thinking to myself after, like it would have been cool if like he would have beat Randy by himself and then like after the match, like if they would have drove the ambulance off and then like it would have let like the ambulance would have ended up in the parking lot and then the four legends would have like ganged up on Randy and kicked the crap out of him. There we go. That's good horseman stuff there. Let's yeah, there we are. <laughs> but whatever. Is what it is. Drew's still the WWE champion. Alright, that was the main event. Nope, no. The main oh. event was Universal Championship match between uh Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Right, right. Okay. Where basically at the end he Brock Lesnar him. Yeah, like he it, I'm not gonna lie, Jey Uso did come close a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. I knew he I knew he wasn't gonna win, but I did think it was gonna be a good match, and it was. Mm-hmm. But then like when uh after uh, towards the end of the match uh Roman Reigns started like his new character really like came into form and he like started battering around Jey Uso and like telling him to like look in the camera and say that he's the tribal chief and that like he's the head of the table and all and like Jey Uso is basically like refusing to so yeah Roman's just essentially beating down Jey Uso at this point to a bloody pulp like not a bloody pulp, but he's just mm-hmm. battering. And the referees like tr- like check- <laughs> yeah, referees ch- trying to check on Jey Uso, and like Roman Reigns is like giving the referee shit. <laughs> yeah, what like, would have made that better is if he was yelling and not just talking. Yeah, that's true. He's just like, "What are you doing, man? Next time you try and stop this, I'm gonna punch you in the face." Yeah, just talking normally. Jay, yeah, I'm the tribal chief. Blah blah blah. What are you doing? He should have been yelling at him. That would have made it yeah. better. That's true. But like it got, yeah, it got to the point eventually when uh, Jimmy Uso, who's still recovering from a, le- a knee injury, ended up uh, limping down to the ring and telling Jay, he's like, "Hey man, I'm gonna throw in the towel." And Jay keeps telling him, "No, no, don't throw in the towel." And you now, eventually, he ended up doing it and. Roman was still beating him down, and then Jimmy Uso got in the ring and like pushed Roman off and like put himself on top of Jey Uso to try and protect him. And then, yeah, then at the end, fucking Roman Reigns was standing tall with his championship, won the match by uh, by TKO, I guess. All right, that would be or by forfeit. Oh yeah, well, no, he got the towel thrown in for him. It was like, yeah. Tactical knockout, I suppose, but uh, yeah, yeah, like the whole thing was like both Roman Reigns' cousins just like looking at him in absolute disgust, like, <laughs> like, like, like pretty much saying like, "What have you become? Like, what is this?" Like Roman's just like showing no emotion, just standing there with his championship belt, with with uh, Paul Heyman by his side, and yeah. So this is the new Roman Reigns, a cold blooded. Yep. Narcissist, <laughs> right, right. It, well, it's it's, it's, it's one of those. Too, but he didn't. Sorry. Paul Heyman should have introduced him too, but he didn't. Oh yeah. 
That's They're true. maybe waiting for crowds to come back for him to do that. Oh yeah, that's I, I didn't probably, even think of that. Probably. So I guess with Roman, what they're doing is like if 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 I'll beat up my cousin, imagine mm-hmm. what I would do to anyone else. They're, yeah. they're they're kind of going that route. Yeah, exactly. Like they're yeah, like they're, they're they've turned him into like a, a mega heel essentially, and I don't ever want to see babyface Roman Reigns ever again. No, no, that's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care. I never see the shield ever again for as long as I live. Even if oh, you won't, you won't. But they, they, sorry, they will turn him face in the, the attempt to try to make him into like once, once, once he's been a heel. Once he's been a heel for a while, and the and the crowds come back, I think they're going to try to do the heel turn to turn him into the next rock. Maybe or the, the face turn or yeah. Yeah, that's probably what 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 Roman Reigns needs, but yeah. that 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 was the main event. Now, yes, yeah. it was. but the thing the thing that you I, you can't really do with Roman Reigns that you did with The Rock because The Rock, The Rock, like, Roman Reigns doesn't have that charisma that The Rock has. Like, no, that's true too. Yeah, like that's and Roman Reigns can't talk. No, not at all. Not well. He's good. He's good at like giving that like cold blooded, like emotionless type type of talk. Like that can make make you go like, oh shit, this guy means business. But yeah, it's, he he's not good at playing like the like the empathetic baby face that gets beaten down most of the match and then comes back for the big victory with his finishing moves. Mm-hmm. Like he's he is a heel through and through, and I now believe that one hundred percent. Well, good, good. I think Roman yeah. just became interesting here. Yep, he's he is where he should be, and um, I don't know, I don't know how your feelings on it, but I think he's going to be Universal Champion for a very long time. Probably. Yep. Pro- yeah. Probably. Which 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 is which is what I want because yeah. I'm tired. I just I think we just had this discussion like last episode where it's like titles change hands too too much there's too many titles and all that give someone a decent length reign and a strong reign and maybe the titles will start meaning something again mm-hmm. yeah yeah so horns up horns down horns in the middle for night of champions guys clothes well clash of champions sorry i i would say uh horn, uh like the the op- the opening match and the main event were so fucking good that like but were kind of like diminished a little bit by all the filler in the middle. So I'm gonna say horns in the middle. Yeah, I'm gonna say middle too, just because I only watched the first match in the <laughs> WWE title matches. Oh yeah. Like because I took because I was taking a nap and I would wake up during spots and I'm like, oh, this looks boring. Back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> You had a lot of faith in your ability to wake up in time for main events. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. Right on. That was Clash of Champions. No. Oh, okay. 20. What else you got? Uh, well, Cody Rhodes recently returned to AEW after uh, only five weeks away. I thought, I thought he was going to be gone for a little while longer, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The very first thing, and this was a match that 
since it like I kind of explained here in Snowy Manor how it works on Wednesday nights, we sit down. My my myself, my wife, and her mother. We sit down. We start having dinner. We start watching, start watching Dynamite, and they all had to do a double take. It's like, just is is that Cody? Is his hair dark now? Like, what's what's what exactly is going on here? <laughs> you know, and uh, and all that. I just kind of had to explain. Yeah, yeah. Like he was, he lost the title. He's been gone. He's been gone for a couple weeks, and now he's well, he's back, and he's 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 got a new do. Yeah, he, well, he didn't he didn't just lose the title. He got absolutely brutalized. By yeah. Oh yeah. They they had a bunch of questions for me. Well, was there cheating? Was nope. was was he hurt? No, nope. and I said no. Believe it or not, like he got mauled in like three minutes. It's hard to believe. Yeah, he just I got mean, basically. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I imagine they're going somewhere with it. There's rhyme and reason as to why, you know, like Rhodes would job himself out like that so badly. There's got to be rhyme and reason to it. Yeah, we yes, yeah, like, he's returned. He's gone back to his uh, dark hair. That he used to have in in WWE, but uh, but yeah, he's. I can't help but think that there's something else like coming out of this because mm-hmm. uh, he's he's also his all his suits are also darker now, <laughs> and like and after after the yeah he's so after Dynamite this week it's official for next week that him and Brody Lee are gonna have a. TNT Championship match on Dynamite in a dog color match. Yeah, yeah, I gotta say, I'm liking that. Good old-fashioned territory gimmick match. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, the most famous one, Roddy Piper versus Greg Dammer Valentine, I believe it was in Mid-Atlantic, 1984. The first Starcade had that, and of course, Starcade is basically Cody's dad's baby, you know, mm-hmm. during during the, the, the early years of Starcade. Yeah. So I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if somewhere at some point, you know, it's like, hey, you know, this is what your dad made famous. Like you, you have to, you have to do this, and I think it's a good choice. Yeah, and yeah, so the dog collar match is where both both opponents are connected at the neck by a, a chain and two collars. If I'm not for mm-hmm. those of you out there who who don't know, and. Uh, yeah, like it sounds pretty innocent, but really, if you think about it, it's dangerous as all hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so many things could go wrong in a match like this. <laughs> yeah, especially if there's no length to the chain. Yeah, I'm sure there will be a fair mm. chain. There has to be enough length for Cody to either do the crossroads or for Brody Lee to do his uh, discus lariat thing. That oh, he, it's gonna, oh, a discus lariat with the chain? That would suck. With the chain? Oh. Yeah, like I really hope somebody doesn't get in this match, but I have a feeling it's going to end up getting bloody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think so too. Yeah, and like not to sound like not to sound like a savage, but it's it's like it kind of feels good to say, "Oh, we're going to see blood on wrestling TV again." Yeah, because like in the Attitude Era, you 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 could see that every almost every week on on Raw. But nowadays, no, no, no blood in WWE unless it's like the hard way. But mm-hmm. 
Or else you get fined. Uh huh. That's stupid. That's <laughs> so stupid. But yeah, so next week on Dynamite, Cody Rhodes makes his return to the ring. Will it, will he turn heel? Will we see a new side of him? Will he will he decimate the exalted one? Dun, 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 dun. Tune in to TNT next <laughs> Well, okay, we're we're making fun of it, but that's it's basically the idea, and it sounds like we're hook, line, and sinker on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, I'm intrigued. Like, mm-hmm. like there's got to be more to this return than just a fucking hair dye job. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, something has to have internally changed within Cody that, that's going to set him off. Because it seems like most of the elites or most of the old, like the former Bullet Club guys, aside from Hangman, have turned heel. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, what's holy shit? Like, with everything, like with the, with the, with the Bucks super kicking people and it looks like, kick, like Omega, well, this is the wrong time to turn Omega. That's for damn sure. You know, and but it seems like they're doing something with him. And yeah, you're right. Like Paige, who you thought was the guy that's going to be that they're going to turn like they had that built up for for quite a while. And it's like, look at this old long term old school booking. And now now they don't turn them. Yeah, they are. they're, They're not turning them or they're they've got cold feet or. Or it's just a really long burn. It's, it's yeah. I don't know. Like, well, Kenny Omega hasn't technically turned heel yet, but I have a feeling we're going to see a return of the cleaner, his cleaner gimmick from Japan, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was like his his like most famous heel gimmick, like when he when he joined the Bullet Club, right? Yeah. So, uh, and they also announced this week that they're having a tournament for the number one contender for the AEW world title, and Kenny Omega was in that tournament. So I would love to see Kenny Omega have a run with the world title, a return of the cleaner, have 2021. Oh, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, have him, have him feud for a bit with, uh, with Hangman to establish himself as an actual heel, and then put him into the... have Give him his world title match against Mox. And mm-hmm. just just go all out on them. And all, all out. <laughs> <laughs> go all out at all out. Yeah. And next have time. a rematch and have it more brutal than the first one. Yep. Yep. I'm down. Sure. <laughs> have Cornette try and sue them again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as for the Bucks right now, I think they're just their heel their heel gimmick is basically just they're rich assholes. Like they've, uh-huh. they're just super kicking people and just like throwing cash at Tony Khan because because they're getting fined like five thousand dollars each for every time they like attack some attack an official or a, or an announcer. Like they attacked they attacked uh, Alex Marvez a couple weeks ago and they were fined five grand each. They just went into Tony Khan's office and threw fucking cash at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they came out and attacked a referee. And this week on Dynamite, they super kicked uh, Tony Schiavone when he was interviewing. Uh, FTR in the back. Right, right. You got to give Shivani credit there. Like, yeah. wow. You don't like, think seen... Skeevo? No. Like, <laughs> come on, man. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't think Shivani's ever took took a bump in his life. And for no, him to do it now? <laughs> it's no, I don't, I don't think he's ever gotten involved in any wrestling, in any capacity mm-hmm. when he was in WCW. <laughs> like, he was just that guy in the middle of the table at WCW. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah. We'll, we'll see where all that goes. I'm, I'm still loving the product for AEW, gotta say. Don't hate it. <laughs> Yeah, it's a Wednesday night tradition still here in Snowy Manor, Manor for sure. Yep. But anyway, moving on from that, uh, Dustin and I are going to give our quick predictions for the five matches this Sunday at NXT TakeOver 31. So, Dustin, first match, Cruiserweight title, Santos Escobar versus Isaiah Swerp Scott. Who you got? I'm going to go with, oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to go with Isaiah. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Isaiah, too. I mean, I think the uh, the other uh, members of the, what's his stable called? Phantasma? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Some, sorry, I apologize. I don't, <laughs> the, the name escapes me at the moment. But, yeah, I think they're going to get involved. I think Swerve might pull out, pull off the upset. And be your new new cruiserweight champion. I can see that happening. Yeah, I can too. And then, well, Jordan, it's still technically the interim cruiserweight title because Jordan Devlin's still trapped in the UK. Mm-hmm. And he's the actual <laughs> UK, uh, cruiserweight champion, but he might still be tied up with uh, with stuff involving the the speaking out movement. So they're probably keeping him. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's still going. That's still a thing. We haven't forgotten about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. But anyway, uh, moving on from that, singles match, Kushida versus Velveteen Dream. I hope Kushida kicks the shit out of Velveteen Dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, which, okay. Who's going to be the first one to say it? Oh. What? Uh-huh. About the Dream. Vel- yeah. Yeah. That's uh, such a shame too, because he was one of my favorites in NXT, like one of my favorite characters and wrestlers. Like, I don't know, like everything seems so concrete now, but the WWE still seems to be protecting him. And like, mm-hmm. <sighs> like it's disappointing. Said on like Twitter or something, he's like, "The real Kushida's gonna come out." It's like, "Oh, Velveteen's gonna die." Oh, well, that's good. Gonna die. <laughs> it's like the Kushida we've been needing. So it's like, what? what how long has he been with NXT for? Like two years? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. He's and he's done nothing. He, he had like he had his string of matches when he first started, where he was like squashing or not squashing people, but like winning a series of matches against jobbers, and then yeah, and then he just started losing, and he kind of faded off into nothing. But then again, so did Keith Lee. So, <laughs> and we mm-hmm. all know how. He's- Around, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna go for Kushida as well. I think it'll be a good match, though. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna take away anything from either man's abilities in the ring. But Velveteen oh, Dream, they're they're both really good in the ring. Yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna go for Kushida. Okay, uh, women's title match: Yoshirai defending against Candice LeRae. I I want Io to win. Mm-hmm. But this match is going to be really good. And I, I'm still going to stick with Io Shirai, but I can see Candace somehow cheating. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because like, well, this is a, like kind of a rematch. Like, like they they had a match last year. Yeah. At Takeover Toronto in August, and that was also very good. But it was, the the roles now are reversed, and there's a title on the line. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and yeah, I'm gonna go with Candice LeRae because EO's had it for a little while, and I don't know if EO will go to the main roster, but I guess we'll see. I, if she does, I hope she gets used better than Kyrie Sane did. Yeah, or I hope they don't add her to Retribution. Oh, don't even say that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she goes to SmackDown and has a prosperous, <laughs> prosperous career. Yeah. But, okay. Uh... Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship. That one, I'm going to go Gargano. Gargano? So you think Gargano and Candice are going to be the the husband and wife champions? It would be cool. Yeah. Well, they did tease that on NXT last night. Yeah. Because it was a mixed tag match between the, the contenders for the North American title match and the women's title match. And mm-hmm. at, at the end, Gargano and Larray were standing there or like put the belts around their waists and stood on the turnbuckle with it, celebrated with them. So, I don't know, or I guess, or is that, is, that always means they're never, they're not going to win, doesn't it? <laughs> if yeah, the non- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I guess we'll see. After they'll complain. Why did we lose? They cheated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to get more of those uh, segments, the at home with the Garganos. Yep. Yeah. Which are entertaining, I'm not going to lie. And uh, what do we got next? Oh, the final match. As uh, NXT title match, Finn Balor defending against Kyle O'Reilly. Bit of a surprise. Like, I always knew Kyle O'Reilly was great, but I didn't think they would ever push him to a uh, main event level. As yeah, a single I WWE doing that with him. This but, then again, but then again, Hunter runs NXT, so... Yeah, so... Vince I, I, like he's too small. Yeah. Oh, oh no, Vince would Vince would chew up Kyle O'Reilly and spit him out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was, hey, his ears are too big. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have the look. Yeah, but, yeah. That sounds like a hell of a match. Like on paper, with without knowing really what's going on with with the build up and all that. Just just on paper, this guy versus this guy sounds mm-hmm. fantastic. Oh, I, I'm sure it will be like, I, I don't, I know Finn Balor just won the NXT title like a couple weeks ago. So okay. like, I, I know like considering how badly he was treated on Raw and SmackDown, I, I want to see him prosper back in like back down on NXT to like reclaim that glory that he once had. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, the, uh, at the same time, though, Kyle O'Reilly's a Canadian boy, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's his his work in Ring of Honor when like his feud with Bobby Fish in you know, Ring of Honor over the the world title there was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And if we can, if we can potentially see a recreation of that, if Kyle O'Reilly was to win and turn babyface, then oh, that would be worth it. You gotta sacrifice. Well, someone, something has to be sacrificed here. Oh, I'm gonna go with O'Reilly. I want O'Reilly to win. What do you say, Ducky? That that's the toughest decision right there. Yeah. I don't. I I don't know. 
But like, yeah, like you said, O'Reilly's the Canadian boy. Yeah. And this but, is wrestling. Night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think like I remember when I was growing up speaking about wrestling night in Canada and all that. My my dad never he, he always hated the Montreal Canadians. He said, no. I would I, I would never cheer for those for for, for for the Canadians, but I would never bet against them. So I'm going to take a little page book. I'm going to take a take take. I'm going to take a page out of my dad's book and say I'm going to cheer for O'Reilly, but I'm betting on Balor to win. Okay. So was your was your dad a Bruins or a Maple Leafs fan? Um, he no, I didn't like the Leafs either. Really, <laughs> he, he was he was just kind of he just didn't he just didn't like the Habs. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. you, usually anybody who hates the Habs either loves the Leafs or the, or the Bruins. Uh, so. No, no, it's just kind of... I think when he was really young, it was uh, the Red Wings hmm. okay. with with Gordie Howe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so, okay. Right, so that's mine and Ducky's predictions for NXT TakeOver 31. 31 already? Mean? Holy shit. The, the 31st NXT TakeOver, yeah. We're catching up to WrestleMania. Yep. <laughs> We're almost there. <laughs> right on, right on. Well, when when is TakeOver again? It's as we speak. It's this This Sunday? coming Sunday, yes. Okay. I think we might have to get together and check that out, guys. What do you say? You want to come over and watch yeah. TakeOver? Yeah, okay. yeah, and and Dust, Duck, Ducky, don't you have another pay per view that you want to torture me with coming up soon? It won't be as bad as the other. It's not. <laughs> okay. yeah, it's not it uh, uncomfortable glass everywhere. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, what have you got in store for us? Uh, anyways, October 11th, uh, GCW and Josh Par. Yeah, I almost said his last name wrong. Josh Barnett are presenting Josh Barnett's Blood Sport 3. Oh, God. Okay. Basically, like Matt said, if you think of Raw Underground, but good. Yeah. No, all right. Um, it's basically a combinement, if you think about it, of ICW No Holds Barred as well. But there's no ropes, and there's no weapons allowed, and it's basic. It's basically MMA if you think about it. Oh, okay. It's, it's but, shoot fights, and you only win by knockout or submission. Yes, yeah, so it's and, all real. There's no script. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what the, the hell? Event, really? Yeah. Yeah. And so far, the matches announced are Homicide versus Filthy Tom Lawler. Okay. Davy Boy Smith Jr. versus Josh Alexander. Oh, that sounds good. Calvin oh. Tankman versus Alexander James. Okay, those, those don't ring a bell. And <laughs> the main event is John Moxley versus Chris Dickinson. Fuck. Oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, now, okay, you you would have me sold if this was a a wrestling card. Yeah, and not and not just a glorified backyard MMA, you know. <laughs> like wow, the, the, well, it's not like yeah, uh, it's 
like the the fact that we're gonna see like the world champion for like the number two wrestling company in the world, like number two as far as like audience goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like North American, I guess. Right. It the like the fact that we're gonna see the world champion of that brand, a former WWE champion doing shoot fights. <laughs> like, like, yeah, the, like this? He could potentially get knocked out, and he could potentially knock someone else out. He could lose teeth. He could lose an eye. Like, this yeah. is. Yeah. I got lose an eye. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> how confused do you think people who watch just watch Dynamite who know nothing about Moxley's other stuff? Like, is he, if he's going to show up on Dynamite like the the Wednesday after this, just like with a black eye and like missing teeth and just like looking like he just got the hell beat out of him. Out of nowhere, oh, like, he's like, fighting Dickinson, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, so Mox is just gonna show up at Dynamite just looking like he got mugged in the parking lot. <laughs> oh. Well, that's what you get for messing with those Marines in the bar. There's, 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 there's what you do. But he's, he, I think he's defending, he's defending the AEW title against Lance Archer, the, that Dynamite. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's coming up too. Yeah, that's 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 the Dynamite after Bloodsport. So, oh, so all right, I just I'm, so he's he's gonna be sore for a while. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know what? Uh, you go from fighting Dickinson, who's like, like he's a real, very good professional wrestler, he's a big boy, and in a shoot fight, and then you got to face that monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, like, I'm I'm gonna hold all comment. I'm gonna reserve all comment until we see this event. But I'm yeah. gonna tell you right now, I've just been. this whole conversation like i've been like oh okay all right all right all right right. (laughs) okay (laughs) well i can't believe that AEW would let him do that like less Uh than less than like three days three days before his before his title defense (laughs) well last year uh remember when mox uh hurt his Hers, his like arm infection came back. Oh, a staff infection. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He was originally supposed to face Josh Barnett at Bloodsport 2. Uh, so there's okay. a history of this. Yeah. But uh, Manero well, well, Suzuki no. took his place. Yeah. Like the, the staff infection happened in Japan, right? Yeah. yeah. So he wasn't able to compete in Bloodsport or at All Out last yeah. year because of this. Yeah. Okay. So well, I hope uh, I hope this year fares better for him because <laughs> because yeah, it's uh, that's a gamble. That's a real big mm-hmm. gamble. Yeah, and this is also the anniversary episode of Dynamite or the anniversary celebration. <laughs> so, so yeah, he- and and coming up this week as we speak is going to be Chris Jericho's thirtieth in the biz. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe we should keep that in mind for a future episode coming up. Yeah, good, good couple of or yeah, it's going to be a good couple of dynamites. But yeah, the the fact <laughs> that going quick, quick, let's try and hit up Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's a weekly or uh, I'm sure he's listened to every episode. <laughs> but uh, oh, who knows? We might get lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that's a. Uh, huge gamble that AEW were taking on Moxley competing in a shoot fight days before he defends his title on mm-hmm. the anniversary 
yeah. dynamite. Because so, oh Dickinson can even pick him up, backdrop him, and Mox lands the wrong way, and good night. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And then how do you explain, you know, when your champion is, you know, you know, when he's when he's got two a broken leg and a a fractured wrist and you yeah. know it's wrapped in bandages and like <laughs> what what do you Moxley do? Moxley would Moxley would just say it's another day at the office. Yeah, yeah well, I, I guess there's ways around it. He was in a car accident or uh, anything like he was in he a was, Chris Dickinson accident. He yeah. was he 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 was rescuing a bus full of orphans that. Yeah. crashed into a burning building or something and unfortunately he took the I mean that's the shit I would come up with yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can picture Excalibur saying that <laughs> yeah. yeah uh-huh yeah yeah it's He's definitely like, gonna be interesting I, yeah I can picture Excalibur coming up with that and just saying it to the to the people at home and like just like JR just sitting there just being like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> didn't he fight that no no, he didn't fight anyone. Yeah, no, what are you talking about? It's like Jim. Oh. Jim, shut the fuck up. No, no. But guys, I was the shut the fuck up. <laughs> cut his mic, cut his mic. Okay, well, that is definitely God help us, but something to look forward to. Alright. Well, Snowy. <laughs> okay. You're up, man. Hey, is it that time? Da, 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 da. Is it time for a little bit of turnbuckle talk? And unfortunately, unfortunately, I normally get, you know, really stoked, really get really excited for this segment and all that. But it's just the content that we're going to discuss, I'm excited about. The reason as to why we are discussing it. Uh, I could kind of do without. Unfortunately, as you heard at the top of the hop of the episode, you heard that we lost Road Warrior Animal. He mm-hmm. was a mere, a mere 60 years old, you know, which is actually better than when we lost Hawk, what, 15 years ago now? Yeah, I think he passed, like, Hawk passed in 2003, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and he was in his mid-40s, I believe. Yeah. That was way too young. But, of course, um, John Henstrig, Road Warrior Hawk, he was living the life. Yeah, he had years of substance abuse that caught up to him, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. This is after he had gotten clean and just moved into a new house and stuff. It was a very tragic event. But... Definitely. Yeah, learned yeah. all about that in detail on uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, you want to talk about exposing the business? Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that does that does it all. Well, fortunately, Joe Laurinaitis, Road Warrior Animal, kind of, uh, kind of, I don't know. He kind of steered clear, perhaps. Maybe not, not as bad. I don't know. For sure, and I never heard of any, you know, any wild stories about Road Warrior Animal and all that. But I still think 60 is kind of young. And when I first heard the news, it's like, oh, my God, like both Road Warriors are gone now. 
mm-hmm. know, like, 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 literally, my youth is dying. <laughs> you know, you know, well, like it, liter- it literally is, and it was. It's it's kind of sad because honestly, okay, all of that stuff aside, as wrestling fans, it's what we see in the ring, what we see on TV. That's what matters, and quite frankly, and we'll get to this, you know, soon enough. The Road Warriors were one of the greatest of all times, easily, for sure. Easily, easily. Um, I do have some 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 highlights here and some stuff I want to talk about the Road Warriors, but I want to kind of start off with um, your guys's input. With all things Road Warrior slash LOD, do you guys recall the the hows, wheres, the whens that you guys first discovered? I imagine it would have been the LOD in the WWF. Yes, yeah. My uh, first time I ever saw LOD was uh, I I was at the like a I think it was Sam the Record Man. If we all remember that store that was in Polo Park. <laughs> well, yeah. Yep, and uh, on a whim, I, I bought the. <laughs> nope. Oh yeah, I guess that was that's that's before your time, Ducky. Yeah, Sam the Record Man. I went down there one time with a buddy of mine, and I saw the VHS for WrestleMania 14, and I just bought it on a whim because I thought, why not? Uh-huh. It's mm-hmm. wrestling. People are into this at school. It was fairly new, not brand brand new, but fairly new. It was it was the newest WrestleMania at the time, but <laughs> uh, yeah, and. Very first match of the night was a tag team battle royal, and the mystery team that was uh, the only team that got an entrance, as far as I I can recall, is the uh, was uh, Hawk and Animal, uh, the Legion of Doom, and yeah, they came out like the, all the all the teams were already in the ring when the the pay per view had began, and uh, the pre show wasn't a part of the VHS, so they they may have come out during the Sunday Night Heat pre show, for all I know, mm. but. Because right. I didn't see it live. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all these teams standing in the ring, and all of a sudden you just hear that iconic voice that, what a rocks. Oh, you, you do that quite well. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts to do that, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, and then Hawk and Animal came out, and the Fink announced them the only way the Fink knows how, and they were accompanied by Sonny that night. and Sure enough, oh. it's, as, as you could as you could uh, imagine, they won. <laughs> they mm-hmm. won that battle royal. Yeah, and yeah, they. I'm I'm pretty sure they went on to win the tag team the WWF tag team titles after that, or maybe yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, They did. They did have a run as as, as WWF champ. Yeah, yeah. That was that was like I, I think that was their return to the the company because like this this was like at the cusp of the attitude era like uh i think like this wrestlemania was like the night before uh, the outlaws joined degeneration x because okay yeah because when you mentioned sunny it's like okay didn't sunny didn't they put sunny on on them a little bit later so it it mustn't have been the debut because i believe they did have the WWF did bring Paul Ellering in for a little while, and then they put that puppet on him, that Rocco and Rocco, yeah, uh, 
don't know what they did to deserve that, but that was fucking disgraceful. And mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and finally, yeah, they put they 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 put Sonny on her, so that kind of must have been, you know, as their their yeah yeah because they were LOD two thousand or something like that. Were were they not at that point? No, that was, was still Hawk. Like they were still the Legion of Doom when they were Hawk and Animal, but I think this was like. Right around the time where they actually like exploited uh, Hawk's uh, substance abuse issues, oh, and they okay. did, they did that whole angle where he left the LOD and then Draws became Animal's tag team partner. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. And then they did that whole angle where he climbed the Titan Tron and got pushed off. Oh. And, yeah. yeah, as 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 a fan, as a Road Warrior fan, as a fan of the territories, and how I how I knew the road warriors. It's like that. It's like, Oh my God. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like you, you had like, Oh, that was terrible. Just terrible. It's typical Vince McMahon trying to exploit other people's demons in order to get ratings. And he's still doing mm-hmm. that to this day. Yeah. Jeff Hardy. Uh-huh. With Jeff Hardy again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With Jeff Hardy a few times. Well, yeah, that's brutal. That's that's brutal. What about you, dude? Do you recall when you first discovered? I'm assuming as well. Actually, for you, the L. This is all stuff in the past for you. Mm -hmm. When you were old enough, it might have also been 14. Oh, okay. WrestleMania 14. Yeah. Right yeah. on. I guess kind of the same way, like on video. Yeah. Yeah. Like back yeah. when old wrestling pay per views were twenty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, like I, I saw them and like I, I love the 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 appearance of them with the, the spiked shoulder pads and the face paint and and yeah, just like how overall. Like they just looked like complete and utter badasses, and like they came right out of a Mad Max movie, which I guess hence their name in Japan and WCW for the Road Warriors. That's that that's it exactly. That's where they got it from. It was, you know, the Road Warrior movie, the sequel to Met to Mad Max, which, um, I believe the original Mad Max, the movie, this the events of that movie, the nineteen seventy nine movie. The events of that was focused in 2021. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now a lot of these movies, like Blade Runner as well. I don't know if you guys know that movie, the old Harrison Ford yeah. science fiction film. That yeah. is no longer in the future. Next yeah. year, Mad, Mad Max will no longer be in the future. God, I'm feeling old here. Gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man, I remember in the the 1985 Transformers uh, movie, uh, like the, the animated one. Right. I think they just played that at the Park Theater on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I remember like at the beginning of that movie, they said, the year is 2005. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, fuck. Ah, that is, ah, that is, uh, there's the future there's now. No. That's when Eddie Guerrero died. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck, next month is 15 years. 
Wow, has it been that long? Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. We might have to do an Eddie Guerrero episode. Yeah. Definitely. The most definitely. For myself, um, no surprise here. I discovered the Road Warriors. This is an AWA town, or this was during the territory days. Winnipeg was a strong AWA stronghold and that's where I first discovered them. Yeah, they had, you know, they started in the territories down down south. I want to say started in the Mid-Atlantic region. They kind of bounced around and, you know, in, in, in the territories. Their first major territory, I believe, was the AWA. And they had their title run here and all that. So, yeah, it was... It was here. It was here in the AWA when I first mm-hmm. discovered them. And they 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 were something else. Okay, like they and I don't want to get into too much because I have a point later on, but you knew when the road warriors were coming to the ring and you knew okay, even back then, like these guys were going to be something special because they were big, but they fit the persona as well. Like you, you could legitimately think that these guys were real life badasses. Mm-hmm. You know how it's how it's the opposite effect with uh, Haku or Meng, where it's like okay, he's a tough wrestler or whatever, but you don't know in real life. Like Haku could kill you in thirty mm-hmm. seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you don't, you don't be- piss off Haku. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Haku maced himself one time when the cops tried to mace him, I think. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just to, uh, yeah, what are you going to do here? Give me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you you believed, you believed that, you know, the Road Warriors were definitely all that. Did you guys ever see them live at some point? At, uh, like, I guess at a, at a WWF card? No, unfortunately not. Like, no. No. And I guess by the time you guys were coming up, they were on their way down. Well, we had like uh, they had like a new Legion of Doom in like the early two thousands. That was a Hawk and uh, Heidenreich, but oh, that God. didn't really go anywhere. That was on SmackDown. Yeah, that didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, or Heidenreich kidnapped Michael Cole. I think that was after the fact. <laughs> yeah, where like Heidenreich was reading people poetry. But, uh, yeah, that's, I, I, I do remember that from SmackDown in 2003, I think it was, or yeah, around that time. And then I think Hawk split after he realized, Hey, this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the only time it ever really worked when they tried to split up a road warrior for whatever reason and stick him to another one, stick another guy on him. Oh, when was it in Japan? The late 80s for a little while. It, it didn't really last very long, but Hawk and Kensuke Sasaki were known as the Hell Raiders. Does oh, this, Hell, does, Hell Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Raiders or whatever. And they tried to, you know, they gave Sasaki like his own little shoulder pads and the spikes and all that. And I think, I think really that's the only time the audience ever really bought a non-Hawk. And they would, to their credit, they didn't try to call them, you know, the new Road Warriors or the new Legion of Doom. They just gave them a different name 
kind of the same idea, and it worked with those guys. I think that's really the only time that it really worked. You know, mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm not getting any of these details right, Tony from the Shining Wizards, dude, get back to me and share me what you remember of the Hell Raiders, man. Because um, uh, they were they were called the Hell Razors, and now look at it here, uh, Kenzuki okay. Sasaki's christened as the Power Warrior. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there's a shitty power metal band name. <laughs> Warriors, definitely. For the power warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I did manage to catch <laughs> the Road Warriors live twice. The dying days of the, like, when the last couple um, cards that the AWA here put on in the old Winnipeg Arena, they had um, the the main event was a big battle royal. And it was it was just after Jimmy Jimmy Garvin pre Freebird and Steve Regal had pulled off the ups, the upset of a lifetime with the help of the Freebirds mm-hmm. and those two lightweights basically defeated the Road Warriors for the AWA World Tag Titles. Well, the Battle Royal, uh, the main event of this one house show, came down to the Roadies against. Garvin and Regal. And when the heels saw, oh my God, look who we're stuck with, you know, they jumped the ropes themselves, and that was kind of the end of it. The following month was the last. The AWA tried to make a short comeback, I want to say in 1989, here in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah, it was shortly after. The AWA's only um, pay-per-view, Super Clash 3. Well, um, anyways, before the AW, like their last, you know, from their main run, their last their last house show here in Winnipeg was a special, you know, this is our final night. This is the Night of Champions, they called it. Mm-hmm. Where they brought Ric Flair in to defend what was, you know, the NWA title. You know, against none other than Nick Bockwinkle. One of these days, dudes, this match, this legendary Winnipeg match is on YouTube. We have to do a watch along of Ric Flair versus Nick Bockwinkle here in Winnipeg. It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, Rick, Rick Martell, like Stan Hansen, had recently won the AWA world title from Rick Martell. They had a big brawl. You know, in Martin Martell's rematch and all that. The Road Warriors for the Night of Champions was going to get their rematch, okay, against Garvin and Regal. And there was no way that the Road Warriors weren't going to win. You know, it was going to, it's just going to, they were just going to trounce them, you know, record time while there was a ref bump. And the match kind of ended with Hawk carrying the, you know, the unconscious ref. Right, right to the back area, and all that. So that was, yeah, that was the two times that I actually saw the Road Warriors in person. I'll never forget those. That was absolutely fantastic. Where would you guys put the Road Warriors if you were to make a list? Okay, of the greatest tag teams of all time. Knowing what you do know about the Road Warriors, where would you put them? Oh, jeez. Uh, tough one. 
if if not top five, top ten for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly where I would put them. Mm-hmm. I'd have to sit down and like really think about it, but they're definitely up there. Like, yeah, like I said, where yeah. Would you put them, Snowy. Yeah. Sorry. Where, where would you, you put them? Where Where would I put them? Honestly, numero uno. The Road Warriors really? are far and away the greatest tag team of all time, and I'll get into some of the reasons why here. Number one, okay, the Road Warriors were the very first Triple Crown World Champions. Hmm. They were they were the very first team to win the AWA, NWA, and WWF World Tag Team titles. And I, with the loss of the AWA and all that, like, it's just, it's never going, I don't know if anyone has done that. Like, I'm sure they, like, the Dudleys have won the ECW world title, the WWF world title, and they probably won a pseudo WCW title as part of the WWF. Am I correct? They did, yeah. 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 Did. So, like... As great as, you know, the Dudleys are, and they would definitely be in my top five of all time. You know, um, yeah, the Road Warriors are are widely considered, like, probably the greatest tag team of all time. If, you know, if not at least the top, the top three. For sure, for sure. Um, One of the things that always, that really stuck out with the Road Warriors Okay, this was, let's go, let's rewind here. Before every team had a ring entrance song, before all the, before all the, the grandiose ring entrances and everyone had a song and the, for the fireworks and the, you know, the, the effects and all that, very few wrestlers had actual ring entrance music. The Rock and Roll Express had, and it, it it wasn't even original material. It was just, I don't know how the territory days, how everyone didn't get sued for all this. But Jimmy Valiant had um, The Boy from New York City. Rock and Roll Express had ELO's Rock and Roll is King. That made a lot of sense. I'm, the Freebirds did use their own music with Bad Street USA and all that. But probably the most famous ring entrance was the Road Warriors to Black Sabbath's Iron Man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you you guys know. Obviously, you guys know how that song goes. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I know that. They used to use that, yeah. And when you you heard, even, even if you're not like us that love hard rock and metal and punk and all that, even if you're just a wrestling fan, when you heard... The way Iomi did the opening guitar on Iron Man, and you heard Ozzy, I am Iron Man. Like, yeah. like you knew it's like, oh my God, here comes the roadies, all hell's gonna break loose, someone's dying, and all that. And you got chills as as fans, like you got chills, dude. I'm getting chills right now on my leg, on the back of my arm, and on the side of my head. Just thinking about, you know, the roadies, you know, coming to the ring to Iron Man and what it was like that the reaction, the the legit honest reaction that they um, 
that they got from back then. Yeah, go find some YouTube, whatever, whatever you can from those days, because it was it was, it was something to be to set. It, it, it was something to behold for sure. So similar to the like hearing that like that single kick drum beat at mm-hmm. the beginning, getting people riled up. Like it's yeah, similar to <laughs> that of like. Stone Cold Steve Austin's glass shattering. Yes, it's yeah. it's just like that. Yeah, that's the, a total precursor. Yeah, or the Undertaker's gong, or mm-hmm. yeah. for yeah. sure. But this this definitely predates all of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When Hawk and Animal, when they went to the WWF, okay, they were never called the Road Warriors there. In, you know, individually, sorry. Individually, they were called Road Warrior Animal and Road Warrior Hawk, but their tag team name changed. Oh, okay, yeah, because they called them the Legion of Doom. Yeah, like straight out. Which that that goes back to the days, the even the pre AWA days, going back to I believe the Mid Atlantic territory. And once again, Tony from the Shining Wizards, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. I believe it was the mid-Atlantic and the road warriors were part of a stable, a heel stable called the Legion of doom with Jake, the snake Roberts and the spoiler. And I believe King Kong Bundy as well was a member of the Legion of doom. So that's kind of where that, where that kind of like, I like, I knew every time a wrestler goes to the WWF, like, they always fuck with the guy's name. They give him something new so they can own it, or they don't want to pay money for it or whatever. All so I'm I was picture, all I'm picturing right now is King Kong Bundy with shoulder pads. Oh, isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> that, that would have been that'd, that'd that, be more that, scary. That would have been great. That would have been absolutely awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And oh geez, I guess. Going back, their first couple years after leaving the AWA, their entrance into the NWA, um, they were the first, the uh, first winners of the very first Crockett Cup. Yeah, yeah, the NWA had. And I think the Crockett Cup is still kind of, like, they had, it was part of, you know, what became... When WCW, World Championship Wrestling, was just a part, like Mid-Atlantic would become World Championship Wrestling, and then, you know, Turner bought it out and withdrew from the NWA, and basically WCW became the world title. Yeah, the whole thing. Okay, back then, like when when World Championship Wrestling was a part of the NWA, they had a thing called the Crockett Cup. That yeah. they they hosted where they would bring in tag teams from throughout the NWA. And I believe the Crockett Cup sporadically over the years, I think the NWA put one on last year, invited some teams like the like um I almost said Jack and Jerry Briscoe. Mark and Jay Briscoe, they invited them in for that. Like the NWA, the like like the Crockett Cup is still going on. And I'm hoping, you know, when when the Carino blows over and all that, that the NWA does keep the Crockett Cup 
going once again. Well, in 1986, the very first winners were the Road Warriors defeating Ronnie Garvin and Magnum TA in the finals. Yeah, you really that you really established them in that that area as as one of the more dominant tag teams. And you guys would be familiar with the war games. That is a thing in the WWF, right? The war games? The war games. Oh, war, war. I think it's said war games. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay, war <laughs> games, yeah. Yeah, that's what war I games, like, thing. Uh... Yeah. Well, yeah, war, war games is a thing in NXT now. It's uh, yeah. they, every November. Or I don't know if they're going to do it this November, but right. they have, yeah, they, every November or like the past three years. They've uh, they've had NXT War Games the day before okay. Survivor Series. Oh, okay. Well, the original War Games go back to 1987. The yeah. same the same territory, you know, in the NWA in in World Championship Wrestling, um, where it was the same. I think it's the same concept now, where you have the two cages, the teams of five on either side, and they. You know they they stagger, you know yeah. the they they stagger them coming in and all that yeah. until until all ten are in the two cages, and then they just go until there's a submission. Yeah, there's. I think uh, the the rules are a bit different nowadays. It's not it's not surrender or submission. I think it's like you can get a pinfall in this one. Okay, I'm not mistaken. Like, like, yeah, first, first, first fall to a finish wins, and the the current NXT cage doesn't have a roof on it. But if uh, if somebody escapes the cage, then they forfeit the they forfeit for their team. Essentially, ah, that's never because, happened because you ran out. Right, right, yeah. right. Well, the original War Games, it was the two rings covered in a cage with the with the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And it was the Four Horsemen, which I think at the time it was Flair, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Lex Luger, and their fifth was manager J.J. Dillon. Okay. On the other side, it was the Road Warriors, Dusty Rhodes, Nikita Koloff, who had just turned face... And Paul Ellering was the fifth, who was the manager of the Road Warriors. And they had won when the good guys had won when Ellering took um, one of the Road Warriors spikes to 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 Dylan and busted him open. And he finally said, OK, all right, I've had enough, which really, come on, he's a manager. Do you really blame <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to take this yeah. shit. Yeah. So that's just kind of some of the things that I kind of threw together when, you know, when we heard that we lost Joe Laurinaitis. That's too bad. Radioactive metal extends our condolences to the Laurinaitis family. And like I said, like also this, wrestling this, this night in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> you mean wrestling night in Canada? Oh, did I? Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My, my my mistake, guys. I actually yeah. spoke, I actually on Radioactive Metal, the latest episode, which would be up as you're hearing this. I actually spoke, um, have the whole 
road warrior ring entrance with the black sabbath song and all that because it was it was very apropos to talk about it over there do you guys have anything else about the mighty road warriors before we uh before we uh pull this crazy train haha into the station that that one hurt hurt. (laughs) no just when when i woke up and read that i was like oh Oh. animals dead Uh uh-huh yeah i think i was was at work when i read that i was like oh god damn it Mm -hmm. yeah because you you don't expect it you know You know, and that's 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 the only negative about doing shows like this, like radioactive metal. It's kind of it's kind of our duty, you know, to you know, bring this and talk about these people, you know, from our childhood that are no yeah. longer, you know, a part of our lives and all that. So yeah, yeah, that's too bad. And thank you, Road Warriors, for your service and for all of the memories. It just gives me the idea of sometime the very first episode uh, we discussed our um, Mount Rushmore of pro wrestlers. Yep. Some sometime down the line, we got to think about tag teams. Yeah, Mount Rushmore takes uh, as well. Anyways, I think that is it. Um, how can uh, people get a hold of us? Uh, you can get a hold of us on Facebook at facebook.com slash wrestling night in Canada and on Instagram at wrestling night in Canada. And as we said at the top of the hop. Wrestling Night in Canada is proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. And, of course, once again, congratulations, guys, at the Shining Wizards podcast for 500 episodes. I can't wait until Wrestling Night in Canada gets there. You're going to want to check out um, the Shining Wizards (laughs) Network. What's that? (laughs) That's going to take way too long. That's going to take, yeah. This is episode 12. Like, come on. (laughs) We can do it. Come on. Come on. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We've been doing this for what, 10 10 months now? 10 months. It's going to take a while, but we're going to do it. You're going to want to go to the Shining Wizards Network.com. Not only is this great program there, and not only is the Shining Wizards there, but our brother. Epic program radioactive metal to get your metal fix there and there is just a number of great pro wrestling pop culture uh, everything everything it's kind of yeah. your your one-stop shop for all of your podcasting needs in the meantime and in between time that's it this has been another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. Uh, I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. And I'm Dustin Maruka. Signing off. And, as always, we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. <laughs>